Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher Study. My name is Kevin Clark, and I, along with my friend and colleague and the preacher here at the Old Mountain Church Christ, Bob Hutto, have the pleasure of delivering to you yet again the Word of God. And we've been very excited to work together in this format, and uh, we want to thank our two deacons, uh, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend, who always help us with this. And uh, they've lent their talents and their abilities and knowledge to allow us to reach so many people with God's Word. That's the exciting thing about living in this day and age. Uh, there's so many ways to get God's Word out there in the world, and certainly we're doing our part. We're very glad to have you as our audience, and we'd encourage you to continue to be a part of this podcast. Spread the Word. If you've got some friends and some coworkers, other folks, uh, take the affirmative and tell people about, hey, we listened to this podcast, and we were very impressed with this teaching or what God said over here. And, and you know, specifically, we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount, and that's some very impressive teaching that Jesus gave or gave uh, for the spirit of the man and the woman who is to be in his kingdom. And so that's what we've been looking at, looking at what kind of people should we be as Christians, as God's children. And I hope it's been uh, enjoyable. It's probably not the right word because it's really soul-searching to look into the Scriptures and look at this description of how we're to be and then to ask ourselves the honest question, does that describe me? Is that me? Am I like this person? And so it's been a very helpful study, and hopefully you found uh, that to be true as well. Bob, any introductory comments? Well, I would just say... um you know, if you enjoy the podcast, like you said, mm-hmm. tell other people about it. Yeah, uh, we get encouraging comments uh, from people uh, from time to time, and um, just makes us feel like we we are reaching people right. and we're doing something good. Uh, come visit with us. Yes, you know, if, if yes. you uh, enjoy the podcast, come and visit with us. Our intent is simply to explain the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Just go to the Word of God, and, and this is what it says. Right. This is what it means. This is how it applies. We've got to do those three things. Amen. Here's here's what it is. Here's what it says. This is what it means. Here's how Absolutely. it applies to our lives. Trying to conform our lives to the teaching of Jesus and following his steps. Amen. Well said, brother. Well, we're looking at this particular juncture at Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. And uh, we're going to look again, and we're going to see this contrast we've seen every uh, last uh, podcast we've had, where Jesus will talk about what you've heard said, and then contrast what he is saying with authority. And so that'll be a continuation of that thought. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, What reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. I think it's interesting, that first statement, what you've heard that was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And and let's be honest, that's very intuitive. I mean, that's kind of what the world operates on. You love the people who love you, and you hate the people who hate you. You do good to those who do good for you, and you do bad to those who do bad to you. And so that's a very natural way of thinking. And yet Jesus comes along and says, no, 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 I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to do what is counterintuitive. Instead of loving your neighbor and hating your enemy, how about loving your neighbor and also loving your enemies? How about bless the people who are cursing you? How about doing good to people who hate you? How about invoking the blessings of your father for those who are persecuting you? Uh, This is really incredible, and I love the rationale. Verse 46, 
that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. I think this is the key because a lot of people would listen to this teaching and say, this does not make sense. Why would anybody live this way? Why would you do good to people who are seeking harm, seeking to tear you down, seeking to trip you up, seeking to be an impediment? Why would you do it? He says, I'll tell you why. Because first of all, your Father in heaven is this way. Mm-hmm. And as his children, as his sons, you need to be the same way. What is the example he gives? He says, well, think about it. God makes his rain fall down upon the just and the unjust. And that's true. I mean, it's not like uh, the rain comes down and moisturizes the earth and makes it fertile and brings forth fruit only for good people, only for people who are uh, pleasing to him. God reigns and it blesses the evil person and it also blesses the good person. He sends his rain on both. He brings food and he brings his sunshine All these things are blessings that God gives that everybody, regardless of their state in life, regardless of where they're pleasing, they get to enjoy that. He says, Jesus says, you know, that's the way God the Father is. Now, guess what? We're children of His. We need to be like Him. That's the whole point. He says it again uh, when he says in verse 46, therefore you should be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's the standard. This is not a, a, a standard that's intuitive to humanity. He says, I want you to look up. I want you to understand how God treats people. And if we're going to be children of that God, we need to treat him the same way or treat other people the same way. Very powerful calling. I know you've got something to say about that. Well, it's, it's just how different this is than, uh, than like you said, our intuition. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we want to love those who love <clears throat> us, but those who treat us wrong and resent us, right. spitefully use us, mm-hmm. well, we have a different attitude toward them. And so the word, the word perfect doesn't necessarily mean flawless, right, right, right. but complete. You right, be right. as complete mm-hmm. in your love as the Father mm-hmm. is in His love. He loves everyone, right. the good and evil, the just and the unjust. Uh, I thought about a couple of passages. Uh, Romans chapter yep, 5 tells yep, us yep. that God commends His own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, while we were sinners, mm-hmm. Christ died for us. Right. What, what's a, what does God accomplish by demonstrating his love to us mm-hmm. in that way, he he draws people to himself. Yeah. Here's here's how I love you. I'm going to demonstrate my love for you by sending my son to mm-hmm. die for your sin, and we're drawn to God because of that love. Right. Well, if we love in the same way, we can draw people to God as well. That's right. If the love of God is shining through us. It's manifested in us. Well, then people may be drawn to God. Uh, in in that same way, the same way he draws people to himself. Amen. And one thing I thought about, you know, what we're being called upon to do here, and let's be clear about it. It's not, obviously, if somebody's doing you wrong, you're not going to have a natural affection or warm and fuzzy feeling about them. But it is making a deliberate, distinct, intentional effort to seek out their welfare. It's much in the same as what we read in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4, which is much broader than just enemies. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. And so we're enjoying. We have to look out for the interests of other people. And that's not limited just to people who've done us right, who've done good things. In fact, he makes the point that, that I call that that's networking. <laughs> that's what we do in networking. Somebody does something good. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. He says, don't be like, that's like the tax collectors. You know, you got to rise above that. You've got to have this kind of intentional love that says, you know what? Notwithstanding the fact this person is doing some things I don't like, this person is doing some things that harm me. 
I'm going to do good for them. I'm going to help them out. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to return kindness for their evil that they've done to me. That's very difficult, but that's the kind of love that God demonstrates to us, and we need to demonstrate to other people. Luke chapter 6 is a similar passage. I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you, and then whoever hits you on one cheek, offer him the other also, and so forth. And so similar idea, love your enemy, do Mm -hmm. good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. I I thought about uh, this observation. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many people in the world today who see religion and especially, Mm -hmm. you know, the faith in Christ, Mm -hmm. Christianity as a negative thing. It's the source of our problems in the world (laughs) and, you know, that that kind of thing. Mm We need more, te- you know, we need the teaching yeah, of Christ in yeah, the world. We do. Uh, pe- pe- people who talk that way, make, mm-hmm. you know, make that kind of argument, really don't understand what right. Jesus is teaching. Love your enemies. Right. Do good to those who hate you. And so we, we need more of this, Absolutely. not less of this. Amen. Amen. We need more of this. And so this is the very highest standard of. Uh, uh, interpersonal relationships that, that we that we can have. And, and you're right. Look at today's day and age. When, when people consider you to be enemies or people are in opposition, it's like no holds barred. Anything goes. And we see people do whatever because they're the enemy and they're not like us. And, and Jesus is calling us to say, no, 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 no. We love, even, notice this, he said, those who spitefully use you and persecute you. These would be people who are treating you bad because of your stand for God. He says, even those people, you have an obligation to love them. And like you said, we hope that with love, we triumph over evil. It, 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 that's what we need more of, is that even when we're talking about people who don't believe in God, maybe they're atheists, maybe they're agnostic, maybe they don't believe in Jesus, Son of God, he says that doesn't give you the right to treat them as less than human. You know what? They're all made in God's image. They're all people for whom God died or Jesus died, and they're all people that we need to try to reach. And how do you do that? With love. That's how you reach into the hearts of people. Demonstrate love, not anger, not hate. You're never going to win anybody over with hate. And yet we see people arguing against each other with hate and vitriol as if they think the other side is going to say, oh, yeah, that's great. I'm going to come to your side. They're never going to come to your side. You're pushing them away. Right. And so you just think about the the tone and the the comments you read online, especially in political issues these days. Uh, I mean, like you said, just the, the, uh, the harsh words. Vitriolic language, right? Uh, that that kind of that kind of thing. You know, we we need this teaching. You know, love li- love those who oppose you, who do right. who take a different position than the one that you take. And we're not saying agree with the position. Right. What we're saying is be careful how you talk and how mm-hmm. you speak uh, and your attitude toward others, and make sure that it's a Christ-like attitude. Even when you disagree. That's a, that's a very good point. And I, two examples I thought that stand out in my mind of this kind of love. It's Jesus on the cross saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then Stephen, the Lord's martyr in Acts chapter 7, when he's being stoned. Now think about this, folks. You've got people who are adamantly opposed to what he's saying so much so they're trying to end his life by stoning him. And is he worried about himself? No, he says, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. He knows he's safe in the arms of Jesus. 
He's concerned about the spiritual welfare of the people who are doing him harm. This is a great manifestation of the kind of love we're supposed to have. When you can overlook somebody who's trying to snuff out your life to say, I'm concerned about your spiritual welfare. Mm. That's another level of love. That's the love the Father has. That's the love God calls us to have. And so Jesus is raising the standard. You see that in verse 46. Mm-hmm. If you love those who love you, right. what, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? <clears throat> do not even the Gentiles the same? Mm-hmm. Look, we're, we're to raise the standard. Uh, this is the standard of the world, and it's accepted by the world. Right, right. Uh, everybody is fine with, you know, you love, your, you love your friends, you hate your enemies. Everybody's good with that. But as disciples of Christ... We're, mm-hmm. we're striving toward a higher standard, a higher plateau right. than is accepted by the world. And, and I think one thing that will help us with that is, again, if we think about how the Lord deals with us, and when we think about the love that God has repeatedly demonstrated to us, not only in the things that He's done to provide for our physical uh, needs, but the spiritual blessings, the Word of God that we have, uh, the avenue of prayer that we can talk to God when we've been baptized into Christ and know that the Father hears us, the sacrifice of His Son, all things that we got, as you point out in Romans 5, when we were enemies of God, we certainly weren't worthy of any of that. And so the more that we sit at the feet of God and study how He interacts with His creation, how He loves us when we're unlovable, that should give us the fuel to do the same thing for others. And, and the flip is true. If we don't do that, you know, if we don't, as Jesus says, forgive our debts as we are forgiven, then Jesus says, I'm not going to forgive you. Right. If you're not going to love people and forgive people, I'm not going to forgive you. I'm not going to love you. And so I think, practically speaking, if we say, how can I come become this kind of person? Study God. Study what right. God does for us. Think about how many times we've spit in his face, how many times we've turned away, we've been unfaithful, we've disregarded him, we've not thought about him, and yet the love of God never wavers, right? And yet we need to be like that. That's I mean, right. and, and if you're a parent, hopefully uh, you know something about that. Sometimes your children are not very lovable, right? But the love doesn't wane simply because of that. In fact, if more so, that's when you prove it is because when they're not very lovable, do you still that's look right. out for their welfare? Do you still make sacrifices? Do you still do what's necessary to provide right. for them? So that's the kind of love Jesus is talking about. It's the kind of love that it's a commit, as you yeah. said a moment ago, a commitment to the well-being that's of right. others. You're working for their good, uh, even when they're not deserving, that's even right. when they're not very lovable, and even when it's costly to yourself. Exactly. And that's, that's the kind of love that God shows toward us. In, especially in, in the gift of Christ. I thought about 1 John chapter 4, yes, yes. where uh, verse 8 says, The one who does not love does not know God, for uh-huh. God is love. Right. By this the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that mm-hmm. He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And so right, there's that standard. Right. If God yeah. loved us, right. we ought to love one another. And Jesus would tell his disciples, you know, right. I'm giving you a new commandment. That's right. That you love one another as I have loved right. you. And so there's that, Higher. again, there's that godly standard that Absolutely. we're striving for. And, you know, we, we've talked about this before. First Peter 1, we talks about be holy as I am holy. And so we, we always want to imitate and emulate God. That is the example that we have. And so... In our lives, let's try to you know be more like God. And love really is the answer. You know, Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus summarized all the old law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
I know that sounds like a Hallmark greeting card, but it is so true. That is at the root of it all. If we love God with everything we have to give, and we love our yeah. fellow man, and it doesn't distinguish whether that fellow man is lovable or not, that's the point Jesus is making, then we are truly fulfilling the essence of what God wants us to do and be. And so we've got to work on that because love will do a lot of things. It will sacrifice. Love will take insult. Love will uh, take mistreatment. And love will not respond in kind. I mean, just think about all the things that love does. First Corinthians 13, uh, it's very powerful and we've got to use that in our interaction with one another. If we truly are concerned about the spiritual and physical welfare of others, then uh, we will act in a much different way than most of the world does. We won't be tit for tat and you took me and took my eye and we'll take your eye. No, yeah. we're going to rise above that and we're going to be like God. Reign on the just and the unjust. We're, you're going to receive from us benefits regardless of whether you're... And, and let me make a practical application. Sometimes in the workplace and things of that nature, uh, we, we get accused of, of favoring people who are like us. Just think about what a powerful witness it is if you are fair to somebody who completely disagrees with you. Maybe, as we said, somebody who doesn't believe in God or somebody who believes uh, in, in a false religion but you still treat them with kindness. You still use respect. You still treat them with civility. You know, that's a powerful witness. We're not endorsing their viewpoint. We're not saying that everybody's right. We're ecumenical. No, we believe there's a right way. But I think it's powerful for us to treat those that are the most opposed to us, which I think is why Jesus is saying, this is really where the rubber hits the road. Love your, your enemy. That's most difficult. But if you can do that, what a strong, powerful testament to the love of God in your life. And as you said, that's going to be a magnet drawing people to, what is this that you're displaying? Well, let me come and see. Let me tell you. Yeah, let me tell you about Jesus and what he did for me and what God the Father's done for me. Well, we're running out of time, but yeah. you looked like you had a Well, I was just going to say, this is the last of this, in this series. Right. Of, you've heard that it was said, that right. I say statements. But just think about how well it summarizes yeah. all of those that have gone before. That's right. You know, control your anger. Well, you 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 love you love even when you're right. angry with right. someone. Uh, you turn the other cheek. Well, you love even when you've been yep. insulted and so forth. And so what a fitting conclusion to Amen. this section on the Sermon on the Mount. Very much so. Well, we're very, very thankful as always to have you as an audience. As we said, get the word out there. We enjoy this. We hope you enjoy it. It's always good to sit at the feet of God and listen to his word. And uh, we hope that we've done it in a digestible fashion. And uh, please uh, invite more and more people. And, and we want to thank people who have supported us and, and offer so many good comments. I know you get uh, text and emails. I get comments from time to time, and that's encouraging. It, it tells us that what we're doing is meaningful and that it's making an impact on your lives and that you appreciate the truth of God's Word. So thank you for all that you do. Uh, we always want to end our class uh, or our podcast with a word of prayer, and so I'll ask Brother Bob sure. Hutto to lead us in that. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for all the good things you do for us. We bow before you and we praise you for your, your greatness, your power and wisdom, uh, your, uh, your love, your mercy, your grace that you've extended toward us, especially in the gift of your Son. Father, we enjoy the benefits of your love every day in the world in which we live, the sunshine that we enjoy, the, the, the rain, the nature around us, all the things that you've given to us. Uh, we are the beneficiaries of your love. We are especially grateful for the, the, the gifts of in spiritual nature uh, that are extended to us through your love, uh, through Jesus Christ, and all the benefits that we have, all the spiritual blessings that we have in him. Help us, Father, to manifest your love in a way that's just as complete as your love is complete, that we love all men. We love our friends and our family, our neighbors, 
uh, but also love our enemies and those that we might disagree with and those that might disagree with us. Help us, Father, to manifest that love toward all men so that they may see your love in us and be drawn to you. Father, we know that love comes from you. We live in a world that's full of anger and mistrust and hate and malice, but love is in the world because of you. And so, Father, we are thankful that uh, you have seen fit to manifest your love to us in so many ways. Help us, Father, as we strive to be like Christ and follow in his steps, that we, even when we're done wrong, that we love others, that we're committed to their welfare, that we do them good, even when they're not lovable, and even though it might cost us something to do that. Father, we are thankful for the love that you've given to us because it gives us hope, hope of eternal life in Christ. Help us, Father, be patient with us, long-suffering toward us, as we strive to, uh, to, to make it into that home, that eternal life with you forever. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.